to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 40. I am very excited to welcome in uh, today's guest. He's going to be coming up in the next segment, Dr. Albert Sackey. And man, to put doctor in front of that is very exciting uh, for me. Al Sackey was one of my college roommates in Guilford College back in the late 90s. And uh, all of my buddies down in Guilford are, are certainly interesting guys, but Al is one of the most unique and most um, different of all of my friends. And uh, now he's he's got his doctorate, so we're going to meet Al uh, coming up here uh, in the next segment. We are a week after the live show uh, that we held on St. Patrick's Day in Port Jervis, and uh, I hope I had a chance to meet you. We're pre-recording this, so this is actually being recorded before the St. Patrick's Day show. So I hope I had a chance to meet you, and I hope you came out uh, for that book signing and uh, meet and greet in Port Jervis. I am certainly looking forward to that. And uh, if you're listening live on the radio, that is awesome. The show can also be found on iTunes uh, we've had that out now uh, several weeks that the show is on iTunes. So uh, on a podcast, you could just punch up Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Gavin, uh, uh, we're in studio here, and uh, Al is on the phone, but I'm in studio with my man Gavin. How are we doing today, Gav? Good. Uh, looking forward to spring. And uh, you have a vacation uh, planned coming up here. Where where are you headed uh, on this trip? Probably Cape Cod. I've actually never been there, even though I've been to 41 states in the Union. And I'd like to go there when it's off season. I don't like crowds. Uh-huh. Beautiful part of the country. You've never been. No, I've been as far as Wareham, which I guess is just below Plymouth. But I've never been to, let's say, um, oh, I forget the towns, like Provincetown or Truro or, yeah. you know, up that way. All right. And we'll, even though it's a little colder, will you go out to the beach? Oh, absolutely. Obviously, I wouldn't be swimming, but I'll go out and take pictures and, uh, you know, I might lay on the sand. But like I said, if it's really crowded, I just, you know, just as soon stay home. And, uh, you know, a lot of seafood out there with all the dietary restrictions. You're you're going to have some seafood, some uh, some chowder. Yes, I'm. I've found that I'm able to eat more than I think I can, as long as it's not too spicy and I can't have chocolate, which is okay. I was never big on chocolate, so. All right. Well, I know you're going to get some nice seafood up there in New England. So I wish you have a a, a great trip. Okay. Thank you. Fantastic. So let's get to it, everyone. Uh, again, my guest coming up in the next segment, Al Sackey, and I've known Al since the late '90s. Uh, we went to Guilford College together, and uh, he was on my basketball team. And for friends of the program that are listening, uh, if you do know Al, uh, not only does he have a cool name, but he is a 6869 uh, Ghanaian prince. So he is from Ghana, and he is larger than life. Another thing uh, of Al that I do want to highlight today not only does he have his doctorate, not only is he a husband, uh, to his beautiful wife, Anna, uh, his three great children, Kenote, Korkor, and Sahara. Al is just, he's just an amazing guy. We have a lot of mutual friends and a lot of connections together. And I have not met one person that, that does not like Al. He, he has a magnetic personality. He is warm. He's loving. He's authentic. And in many, many of our conversations together, I've always enjoyed talking with Al uh, away from our friends, just him and I. Uh, he's a very articulate and, and uh, smart young man. But I said, Al, what, you know, what is your secret? How, you know, how, do you, how do you just connect with all these people where no one has a complaint about you? Because I certainly know I could be a pain in the ass. Uh, those that know me and I, I have my faults and uh, I know I drive a lot of people crazy, including Mrs. Murata sometimes. Um, but Al just has a way of just connecting with people. So in reflecting and preparing for the show, I jotted a couple of those things down. And while they might seem simple on paper, seeing them in action with Al is, is just a thing of beauty. So number one, smile at people. And if uh, you're, you're home listening and you want to Google Al Saki, the first thing that comes up is a great picture of him 
uh, when he was named the 2014 Connecticut Middle School Assistant Principal of the Year. Uh, he's got a great shot of him there. Alza has a million-dollar smile. Like I said, he is a 6'8 man. He is larger than life, uh, but he just has a magnetic smile, and he always smiles at people, and it's just very warm and welcoming uh, to, to see that. Number two, something that Al does to connect with people and, and, and why people like him. He told me once, tell them what they want to hear. And I always kind of thought that was Al, like, what? And the more I thought about it and the more I watched Al interact, uh, not only personally with our friends, but with his family and then professionally as a principal. Al is currently the principal at Nathan Hall Middle School in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, tell them what they want to hear. Al can connect with people uh, with words. He can relate to them. Uh, he brings up common topics of conversation and finds ways to relate with people. Number three, being authentic and being genuine. Al uh, is from Ghana. He grew up in uh, Ghana and uh, in the Bronx, New York, and spent time in both. Uh, Al uh, his mom is African, and his, his stepdad here in the United States is of Jewish descent. So Al can relate to so many different cultures and people, and Al always demonstrates authenticity. He speaks from the heart. He speaks with honesty, and uh, he's just always very genuine. Number four, I just men mentioned about Al's uh, a cultural background. You know, don't look at color. Al, regardless of someone's background, uh, culture, uh, you know, an Italian, growing up in an Italian-American household, it didn't matter. Uh, Al never saw color. We never saw color with Al and uh, all of his friends, regardless of race or religion, uh, people connected with Al and, and, and felt comfortable with him. Number eight uh, eight, excuse me, number five, I'm getting ahead of myself here. See the best in others. Last week's guest on the program, Anthony Lazaro, we talked about that concept. And Al also sees the good in other people. Certainly if I you know, listed, uh, asked you to list uh, pluses and minuses of a good friend of yours or, or, or a neighbor of yours or someone in your life, people you work with, you would write some good things, but people would you know, write negative things also. And sometimes our, our nature is to knock people down or, or point out their faults. Al is a positive uh, force, and he sees the best in others. And certainly working with middle school students, we're going to get into this when we meet Al, uh, I know he does that for his students and his staff. Again, in preparing for the show... Just a little bit of research on the on the internet. You punch up Al Saki, and there it is. He was named the assistant principal of the year in Connecticut uh, for middle schools, and uh, his former uh, principal, Gordon Beinstein, said this about Al: Al is the consummate professional and consummate gentleman. When you see Al on the surface, you never get a sense that things are going poorly. He always has the mindset that we are going to get through this. We are going to make this work. He is a stable force and a real positive presence in the building. Another one of Al's uh, mentors with whom we worked with said, Al demonstrates hard work, self-motivation, responsibility, assertiveness, and friendliness. These attributes, as well as his desire to provide support for me as an educator and the students I teach is what inspired me to nominate him for this prestigious award. So, I had wrote the opening concept for the show, and then here I read this article about Al, and sure enough, his principal says the same things about him, that he's positive, that he's a gentleman, that uh, on the surface you can't tell whether things are bad or good because Al is always working uh, in a positive mindset, uh, mindset and, and you know just keeping things positive. So I was happy to see that from his former principal, yet not surprised to read that about my friend Al Saki. So let's get to meet him here in the next segment. We'll take a quick commercial break. 
This is Andrew Murata here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We'll be back with today's guest, Al Secchi. to the program, everyone. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and very excited to welcome in my good friend. And i he's already corrected me. He is the principal of Nathan Hale Middle School in Norwalk, Connecticut, not Nathan Hall. Al, I apologize for that. Al, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Good to be here with you. I, I wish you were in studio. Any time spent with Al Saki is is good time. Good man. Al, uh, very excited to have you on the program, and uh, we certainly have so much to talk about. Uh, but Al, you are my first international uh, star on the show. You know, I mentioned that you grew up not only in New York uh, but from Ghana uh, in Africa. How how did your family and when did they come to the United States, uh, Al? So um, you know, interestingly enough, um, in the eighties, my um, my dad was here to do his uh, his PhD at uh, NYU, and that's what originally got us here. Um, and you know, we had stayed here for you know for the four years that it took him to complete his program. Um, and how old were you at the time, Al? Um, I came here when I was probably about five. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, I left when I probably was about um, nine, between nine and ten. Um, so I spent from five to, you know, probably from five to ten here, roughly. Um, and then, you know, um, went back to Ghana, you know, um, was in Ghana for a few years and then came back. And that must have been hard, Al, going from these different cultures and, and New York City and Ghana, the you know, two extreme cultures. You know, um, in in Ghana, you know, um, you know, it was different. You know, the 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 the, the, the cultures are as different as it gets. Um, but I think you know um, what helped you know me was that you know our you know our family. Um, in Ghana was was you know was well established so you know we did do some traveling even even um, even as a child so like spending some time in England as well and, and also spending some some time so I was used to being in different places um, but you know it, it it's definitely a, a transition when you're leaving you know a warm climate um, like Ghana and then coming in here and playing in snow. So there were definitely some things that I had to kind of get used to um, with the transition. And obviously, you know, just um, in terms of people getting used to the, to the transition um, of that uh, was also was also interesting for me. And Al, you uh, in high school, you attended Fordham Prep in the Bronx. Am I getting the school correct? That is correct. That yeah. is correct. You know, in, in Ghana, I was in a I was in an all boys um, Catholic school um, called Infansipim School. Um, so you know, being in um, Infansipim, I was used to a certain structure. It was a boarding school. You know, used to a certain level of structure and discipline. You know, from from, from that school. Um, so coming here um, and going into an all-boys Jesuit high school, you know, that, that actually helped me. It kind of helped me stay within a very structured um, and, 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 and formal setting. Amazingly enough, you know, some of my, you know, good friends um, today are, are some of my friends from high school as well, you know. So that whole um, – Jesuit um, mindset of, you know, men for others. That's, you know, that's the Fordham Preps, you know, Fordham Preps model. You know, men for others is something that we we truly, um, we truly 
live by. Um, and, and, and so, you know, that, that definitely helped me with, with my transition, being able to go to the prep. And Al, I mentioned your height uh, in the opening segment. You're larger than life. And just so you know, Al, I am resisting uh, doing, <laughs> doing the Al Sackey voice. We'll have to save that for the end of the show when you were talking about the weather, man. It's real cold, man. <laughs> but exactly. <laughs> is that, when did you find basketball, Al? Was that something that, that you played back, back home in Ghana, or was that something you picked up in the Bronx? You know, Interestingly enough, um, you know, I was I was always fairly tall, um, you know, even when I was here um, between five and nine, I was always, you know, normally the tallest kid in class. But interestingly enough, you know, um, when in Ghana, I went to, to boarding school and boarding school, it normally runs like, you know, three months and then like five months where, you know, you're away at school. And one particular semester, you know, um, in a span of five to six months, I grew about six inches, you know, so you got to picture what my clothes looked like when I went to school and then what they looked like when I came back home. Um, so like all of a sudden, like, you know, by, I mean, I was, I just outgrew everything. Um, and all this happened in a six month period. So once I got that growth spurt, um, again, I was already tall, but that just added like, you know, that took me from like, probably like uh five ten to like six three you know in a span of like six you know five to six months um and you know i, I did have a coach there um i actually used to i actually used to throw the uh the discus for track and field that was you know and one of my coaches had seen me throwing the discus and says hey have you ever considered basketball um i hadn't dabbled in basketball much at all when I was here, you know, as a child. But so I actually learned how to play basketball in Ghana, you know, um, picked it up there. And then, you know, once I came back here, um, played, you know, played two years um, at Fordham Prep and then played at Guilford as well. And that, yeah, brings us to our time in Guilford with our special group of friends. And Al, uh, I mean, I, I know you stand out everywhere you go, but you really stood out at, at Guilford and, uh, you know, just so unique and and tell me about you know what did that time at Guilford mean to you and and the special group of friends that we have you know interestingly enough you know i've 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 um i've actually known uh we, we actually met in 1994 when i came to visit Guilford as a as a senior in high school with uh, michael norris one Mike Norris getting a shout out on the program. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know, we we had both come down as as recruits, and I remember, you know, being there and seeing like, I mean, these are some pretty cool guys here, you know. And you guys just literally, you guys just kind of took us in. Um, and so, you know, when we, you know, even the decision to come to 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 Guilford, it was, you know. Norris and I, you know, calling each other the Sunday before, and we're pretty much like, you know, hey, you know, uh, if if we go and become roommates, then, you know, let's go try out this school. And, you know, that was one of the best decisions, you know, um, we made. You know, for me, you know, some of my best friends, you know, I found at Guilford. Um, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, when we talk about the fellas, you know, to me, it's like I think um, it goes past friendship. I think it's even deeper than that. I think, you know, these are like my these are like my brothers, or the same way your brother from another mother. <laughs> but these are like these are like my brothers. These are these are the fellas. You know, these are guys that we would do anything for um, and support each other in any way that that we can. So even just even just the the opportunity to kind of get to me. The guys in itself um, would have made Guilford worth it for me. I was also fortunate enough to meet my wife at Guilford, so you know, uh, Guilford did mean you know it, it definitely it definitely meant a lot to me. It was a it was a special place a place that I grew. Um, you know, I, I grew as a you know as a as a as a person, and you know, um, and again, just a special place for me. Well, and we were lucky enough to to have met, and again, we're so happy you you made that decision come. Al, you you heard the opening concept, and uh, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable about saying all nice things about you, but but really that you know it's a true statement. I have not met anyone 
who doesn't like you. And then to read the stuff about that your colleagues in Connecticut say about you, you know, that's pretty good that your friends from Guilford are saying the same things that your professionals that you work with in Connecticut. So, you know, certainly a tribute to you and your family. But who would you say, Al, in your life, did you learn those things from that 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 ability to get along with others and the ability just to just be warm and, and friendly towards others. And that's the number one thing people see in you. And I think, you know, I think a lot of it boils down to my faith, you know, um, you know, my faith in God and, 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 you know, what I know he's, you know, he does and has done in my life. And I think, you know, part of what, you know, this is something that we say we teach kin, teach, uh, we teach children in kindergarten, you know, the whole idea of, you know, doing unto others as you want them to do unto you. You know, um, that whole concept of, um, you know, something as simple as a smile. A smile can be very, very contagious, you know. And I think sometimes in life, you know, we we have choices to make. You know, do, do we choose to be, you know, good at being miserable or do we choose to be good at, at, at trying, to, try, trying to share some cheer and joy and, 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 and just happiness? It's something as simple as a I just smile at someone, someone who could be having a bad day and just by them looking at the expression on your face and the smile that you're giving them, um, a sincere smile that you're giving them all of a sudden, you know, that person smiling that affects the next person smiling. So, you know, something as simple as a smile can be extremely um, contagious. And, you know, a lot of times in my interaction, you know, with, with people, I think it's important to try and try as best you can to kind of put yourself in that person's shoes, you know? So, so when I say, you know, tell somebody what, what they want to hear, you know, if, if I was in that situation, you know, what would I want to hear that would make me feel better? That's the truth and would, and would, would make me feel better and, and, and trying to be, you know, um, you know, the whole idea of empathy, you know, being, being able to be empathetic in, in any situation that, 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 you know, you, you come across and just trying to, again, you know, do what, you would hope somebody would, would be doing for you if you were in that same situation. So, you know, that's always been something that, that you know, I've, I've lived by. And, you know, that, that's always been something that's kind of motivated and pushed me. Um, and, again, it's, it's something as simple as, you know, um, yeah, just, just treat people the way you would like to be treated. And I think if, if all of us did our part um, in doing that and, like, truly – caring for somebody else and truly treating them the way that we want to be treated, I think it would make um, the world a much better place. I love it, Al. That's how we end our show uh, every week. And uh, you make it sound simple, but I've seen you do that in, in many settings, and, and it's real. I mean, your your kindness towards others. Um, Al, you know, again, you're, you're an international uh, person, you know, growing up two different cultures, New York City, the Bronx. I, I grew up in Staten Island, New York. You and I were around all different shapes, colors, sizes. You know, yeah. there's something about being in New York City where there's so many cultures blended into one. And then we go to Greensboro, North Carolina, where it was a different world for us. Yeah. And you and I certainly were in uh, a few different circumstances where you didn't feel as comfortable. And yeah. maybe there was some racial tension. Maybe there was some things. And you said, Drew, we got to go. And I, I never forgot that uh, because you didn't display anger. You didn't display hatred. You just said, Drew, we, we got to go. And, we, you know, this is not I'm not in the right spot. And, uh, we, you know, you, I could see you were uncomfortable. You know, Al, this, this is a serious question. You know, how, how were you able to just kind of let those incidents roll off your back? Because that's what it looked like. But did it bother you deep down? And, you know, did you experience, you know, racism down there uh, when we were when we were in school? And, you know, I, I think, you know, realistically speaking, I think, you know, it's something that exists. Um, it exists in North Carolina. It, it exists in New York. It exists in Connecticut. It, it's just something that's a good that that's there and it's real. Um, and, you know, many times we can't, you know, we can't control um, what people do, but, but what we can control is our response to what they do. And I think that's oftentimes what what makes the difference. Um, you know, we, we can choose to be angry, you know, at, at something that's out of of our control or, 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 or we can look at it and kind of reframe the whole situation and see, you know, what can we, 
you know, what can we gather or what can we learn from this? Yes, obviously, any any anything that's of a racial nature is is hurtful. Um, you know, it's not good. Um, but I think that's also the power that we have, you know, as educators and as parents, you know. So my job is to teach my children, you know, to to look past um, anything except for what a person shows you, you know, their character and, and, and the type of person that they are. That's the only thing that you judge somebody by, um, nothing else. And I think, you know, if we all kind of commit to teaching our children, you know, the, the appropriate way to grow up, the way to be gentlemen, to the way to be ladies and, 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 and be respectful of, of each other, you know, we're, we're, we'll hopefully have a much better world that we live in. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's some of the power and influence, you know, we, we do have as, as, as educators, just in terms of teaching children, you know, the appropriate behavior, the respectful behavior, the way to interact with others, um, you know, um, is, 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 is racism something that's, that's, that's ever going to completely go? Um, that's going to be up to, you know, the next generation of, 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 of children and who are going to be the next generation of leaders. Um, you know, but we can do our part by teaching them the right way and teaching them what, um, what we know they should be doing. Um, and then hope that, you know, the Bible says, you know, teach a child the way when they're young so that when they grow, they don't, they, they don't um, depart from it. So we also have to teach our kids when they're young the appropriate way and the right way, so that when they grow, they kind of still remain in that in that um, in that mindset. Uh, that was uh, beautifully said. I've always admired uh, your ability to connect with people, regardless of color and race, and even more so that when people did uh, show you racism, that you you again you always just gracefully and and as a gentleman uh as you said so uh kudos to you and your family uh we got to take a quick break we're going to be right back with today's guest my good friend dr al Saki. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. This is Andrew Murata on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Today's guest, one of my favorite people on the planet, Dr. Al Saki. Al, you're doing a great job on the program, and uh, I do want to shift now to your role as being a principal at Nathan Hale uh, Middle School. Al, you've been there a couple years now. This is, what year is this for you? Uh, this is year four. I'm, I'm completing year four. Okay, so a little longer than I thought. Uh, how are you, uh, you know, surviving and thriving as principal at Nathan Hale? It's been good. It's been good, you know. Um, you know, And I think each year, um, you know, I've, I've grown more and more in, in the role. You know, um, first year as, as principal being, you know, um, more complicated than each year, um that improving. Um, so, you know, being at the point now where, where things are running, things are, are, are moving in the direction that, you know, that, that I, w- I would like to see. And I think, you know, the goal is that, you know, each year is better than the one before. And I think, you know, we've been able to, to, to do that, um, you know, since, you know, since I've been here, you know, I've been fortunate that, you know, each year has gotten, you know, has gotten better than, than the year before. Al, uh, you're in Norwalk, Connecticut. You know, what are some of the challenges that you have uh, at at your school? And I, you know, I, I'll say, you know, the, the challenges are, you know, they're, they're probably the same challenges that you know kids, you know, throughout the country face in middle school. You know, middle school is just that that um, that age group where you know kids are trying to figure themselves out. You know, they're developing, you know, emotionally, intellectually, physically, you know, and, and, and they're trying to find their way. So just helping children at this age level kind of navigate that, you know, has always been um, has, has always been 
a goal for me. You know, most of my most of my time in education has been spent um, at the middle school level, and you know that that's just a, you know it's it's an exciting age group. You know, they're they're like I said, they they're trying to figure things out, and and we are there to help them kind of navigate. You know that 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 growth that they're having that that they can't totally um, you know. Explain. So I think you know part of 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 of, of the challenges are just you know regular middle school um, issues. Obviously, um, what's going on currently, you know, um, in terms of some of the violence in schools has you know has has uh, has impacted all school communities. And I think you know giving children an opportunity to have. A voice is important. You know, I, I like to hear from my students, you know, when, when they have concerns. I, I tell them, I, you know, I like them to come in and talk to me and see me. I think being able to, to, to let them know that I am accessible to them has been has been helpful. Um, you know, obviously not, not everybody takes me up on it, but, you know, those that do, um, you know, I, I encourage them to, 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 to let their, 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 their friends know that, you know, we can meet, we can talk, we can work together to figure out a solution to, you know, whatever the problem is. Al, I know, you know, whatever setting you're in, you're usually the tallest person there. And certainly with your dynamic presence, I would think that is an asset to you in a middle school with kids. What would you say are some other things that, you know, you're really good at or you feel comfortable doing that you feel strengths are strengths of yours in that setting? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll definitely say, you know, connecting, um, connecting with the students, you know, um, you know, I, I, I do try and, and spend time, whether it's in a, whether it's in the cafeteria, whether it's in, you know, their classrooms, but I, I do try and find different ways of just kind of um, getting to know students better. Um, and, you know, just, just trying to find any way that, you know, uh, us as a staff or, you know, us as a school community can get to know our children, you know, um, better and better. You know, I think, you know, students know when, when you know, when you, you're truly there for them and, 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 and when you're, you're not, but helping, you know, helping them know that, you know, they do have adults um, that are there that, you know, are there to, to, to help them in any way. So, you know, the whole idea of just connecting with the students. Al, I've said this before on the show, and, uh, you know, we say it the most respectful way, but kids, and I think kids at your level more than high school, you know, they have that sense like dogs. Dogs can sniff you out if, if you're, you know, you, you're displaying anger or hatred, and, you know, a dog can sense that. Where those kids, like you just said, if the adult is really not all in or uh, really showing care for them, you know, you can't fake it with those kids. Correct. Correct. You know, so truly, you know, truly connecting with them and, and, and them knowing that, you know, you truly care and you are there to help them. I think, you know, that goes a long way, especially at this at this age level. And Al, you know, before we get to your award of uh, 2014, the assistant principal of the year, you know, as principal, what are some things that you are looking to improve upon in, in your role as a leader and uh, certainly an academic leader in the building? What are some things that you're looking to improve upon within yourself? I think in, in any venture that we take in life, you know, the day we think that we know it all is, is, is when we need to kind of stop that career and, and, and change it up. So I think in, in, in any job that we're doing, we can always get better. Um, so, you know, my goal is always to improve in everything that I do, you know, um, in, improve with, you know, being a better leader, improve in being a better um, educator, improve in being a better principal. So that's always going to be my charge. I'm always going to be, you know, I talk to my students all the time about the growth mindset. Um, so if I'm expecting them to have a growth mindset, you know, me as well, I also have to have to follow that. So always knowing that not every time that, you know, you have a setback doesn't mean that's the end of the world. We can learn from that and continue to grow from there. So, you know, even instilling in, in, in the students that, you know, when you don't do well, on a test, you have to see what you did wrong and, you know, what do you have to do the next time to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And, you know, always, always striving to be better at what we do. And I think as educators, that's what we all strive to do. We, we, we always strive to get better because the better we get, the better our students get as well.
the teacher who nominated you for the award, Leeford, how do I pronounce that, Al? Doof? Doofay. Doofay. Yes, Leeford Doofay. He said, Al is a leader of learners and teachers, and Al also is... Has it needs to be a lead learner, basically saying that, and that's what Al is—that you're always learning uh, and demonstrating that uh, for them. So, yeah, I think that's important. I think that's important for us to do as 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 principals and as educational leaders. Al, tell me about that award, 2014. Uh, you know, assistant principal of the year. What did that mean for you and your family? You know that 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 was a that was a very very humbling experience um, because you know I, I know that this state has you know some of the best administrators um, and you know just to be selected from you know um, that caliber of of of, um, of educational leader was was very moving to me um, so you know I, I was I was you know again very honored from it you know um, I was uh, I was. Fortunate, fortunate enough by by you know by being the uh, middle school assistant principal, um, I was eligible to be to go to Washington for the uh, national assistant principal of the year. Um, so I went in as the as the Connecticut you know state um, representative, and that whole that entire experience with meeting the other assistant principals and you know meeting the, the the different you know um congressional leaders um spending time with senators and you know um governors etc that was just a very very humbling experience um and you know it it just um it just encouraged me and propelled me to 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 you know keep uh to keep working harder and to keep trying. And, you know, um, from there, um, you know, uh, the year after that award is, is when I headed over here to, uh, to Nathan Hill. So, you know, it, it definitely did, um, or helped, um, in, 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 in paving the way for, you know, the future work that I'll continue to do. You know, like I said, my, my, my goal is always to strive to do better. Um, and I know that, you know, uh, with God, all things are going to be possible. So I'll just, I'll just continue to to keep striving and and and, and keep working harder. Beautiful, Al. Al. Again, we mentioned in the opening segment that you spent time here in the United States as well as Ghana. You know, through your early years of your life, through through your teen years. You know, what would you say, Al, educationally, the biggest difference between Ghana and the U.S. in terms of uh, student, you know, educations? You know, I think, um, you know, something that I have appreciated um, a lot more here, uh, you know, has been the the um, the wanting to hear more from the students, you know, so wanting students not only to know information, but be able to analyze, synthesize and apply that information. So, you know, and then I think, you know, part of, of my growing up is I think I'm hoping that that's kind of changed a little bit. In, in Ghana now, but, you know, a, a lot of, of the learning involved, you know, being able to get, you know, to gather information. So, you know, the kids who always did well were the kids who could gather all the information, start in their heads and be able to, you know, um, pretty much replicate that information on paper. Um, whereas over here, you know, right now information is readily available at your fingertips, you know, with, with the smartphones, you can find anything, but it's not every child who can take that information and analyze it or apply it or use it to solve a real-world problem. So I think, you know, one of the bi- of, of, of the biggest differences that I see is, you know, the whole idea of personalization over here where you're trying to reach every child where they are and kind of um, uh, meet them where they are and help them grow from there. You know, um, as opposed to having the children kind of adapt to the way that the teacher works. So, I, you know, I, I think that's been two of the very big distinctive pieces. You know, my and I know that we'll, we'll be probably be getting into this, but you know, my goal is to be able to go to Ghana and build a school that will do exactly that. That because I, I believe we have some extremely, extremely talented, um, innovative, creative um, children. In Ghana, and I think if, if 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 we're able to 
give them the flexibility to, to, to just be able to show us what they can do uh, by creating the avenue and the venue where they can do that. So this is a school that would have a combination of, you know, being able to say, you know, the same getting in mindset about being able to obtain all this information, but then we're going to add the American twist to it where now that you have all this information, what do you do with it? So not necessarily that you're looking for information on your phone, but you already have the information in your head, but now how do you analyze it? How do you synthesize it? How do you apply it? So trying to kind of mesh the two together um, to come up with the system where um, our children can show us what they can do. Now we're going to ask you about that school uh, coming up in the next segment, but we are up against the rapid fire portion of the show, Al. These are quick answers. First thing that comes to your head, uh, again, a, a quick answer. Are you ready? Uh-oh, let's go for it. I want to give a second before we start just to get you ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I couldn't have the show without Zachy without saying that once. I did skip on uh, the w- number 40 as well as characters that we really didn't talk about on the show. We'll, we'll save that for another time. But let's go, Al. You ready? Yes. Last book you read? Principal Surviving and Thriving. That's what I'm talking about, Al. <laughs> Last movie you saw? Oh, geez. Um, I think we had just seen, I went out with Anna. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to come back to that. I just drew a blank on that. He's taking a pass. Uh, Al, how do you get, a, you know, when you go away from school, you have three kids, you have a busy life, like, what do you do to relax? Um, I think, you know, spending spending time with Anna and the kids, you know, spend, spending time with, with the family, you know, church is a great way for me to kind of, you know, take take things down and especially, you know, hanging out with, 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 with the fellas. New York food or Connecticut food? New York food. Ghanaian food or American food? Ghanaian food. What's your favorite Ghanaian dish? Oh, <laughs> fufu and light soup. And and describe in American what that is. <laughs> so if you can picture something that's like the texture or the uh, yeah, pretty much the consistency of like. Um, of like the pizza dough before it's it's uh, it's not made out of dough, but the consistency of pizza dough before it's it's you know it's uh, turned into into pizza when it's still like a, like a lumpy ball. Picture something like that that you kind of dip into like a soup. That's the consistency of fufu. Okay. Favorite Guilford memory. Wow, I think it'd that, be that uh, you could that you could talk about on the show. <laughs> I think serendipity with the fellas. Uh, serendipity with the fellas. Good time. That was the spring music festival. Those were great times. Yes. Uh, what would you like to say to the fellas that you're able to say to uh, them on this show? Well, I'll say, you know, love you guys and God bless. How about your students at Nathan Hale? What would you say to them if they're listening? I'll say, you know, always, always follow your heart. Always uh, remember that, you know, we never stop learning. We can always grow. When we have the growth mindset, we know that, you know, you know, even when we make mistakes, even when we fail, we, we should always be able to get up. We should always be able to learn from it and make sure that we try not to uh, repeat those mistakes again. So, you know, the whole idea of the growth mindset and, you know, never giving up, never letting down, and especially caring for themselves and for others. I think that's that's an important message. If you could snap those gigantic fingers of yours and change (laughs) one thing in your school with that snap, what would it be? I'll say that, you know, everyone is is just... uh, Kind, kindness, the whole idea of kindness, you know, that, that everyone shows true and complete kindness to to each other. That's the entire school community. Short-term goal, one to three months. One to three months, uh, finish off this school year, um, you know, very, you know, uh, you know, very well. Um, yeah, just, you know, kind of finish off the school year uh, in the most productive way as possible. Long-term goal, three to six years. Three to six years. Wow. Um, hopefully, you know, you know, uh, depending, you know, we, we don't know what, what the future holds. So, but, you know, becoming, again, um, uh, as great a principal as I can be and and uh, continue to grow in this role. Um, and, yeah. Who was Nathan Hale? 
Wow, Nathan Hill. Nathan Hill was a American soldier um, who was actually a, a spy for the Continental Army, and oh. you know during the uh, Revolutionary War, um, he was actually captured and uh, and he was ex executed by the British. Oh. You know, he's the one who said, you know, if I had, you know, my only sorrow is that I, ha I had but only one life to give for my country. So that came from Nathan Hill. Wow. And lastly, Al, what does your wife Anna mean to you? Ah, she means the world. <laughs> she means the world. That's my uh, that's my uh, that's my sunshine. So she's uh, she's fantastic. She's an awesome woman. She's you know she's the best thing that 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 happened to me. So she means everything. Perfect, Al. We'll be right back, everyone, with Dr. Al Nathan Hale, principal from Norwalk, Connecticut, via North Carolina, via the Bronx, and via Ghana. Everyone, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the program, everyone. This is Andrew Murata on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Say it with me, surviving and thriving. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Al Saki, show number 40. And that is a coincidence, Mike, if you were wondering. Uh, but yes, yeah, show number 40 with Al. A quick recap. Al is my good friend from Guilford College. We played hoops together. Uh, we studied together and had some great times together. And Al is the person that everyone likes. You know, I haven't crossed anybody that doesn't like him. He's warm and friendly. And these are some of his personality traits I thought I'd share today. Number one, smile at people. Number two, in the famous Al Saki voice, tell them what they want to hear, bro and uh, relate and connect with people. Number three, be authentic and genuine. Number four, don't look at color when looking at others. Look at their character. Number five, see the best in others. And those were easy for me to write because I've seen those for uh, how many years now, Al? We're friends. Almost 20 years. Uh, so those, yeah. were, those were easy to write. 25 years, 24 years. Unbelievable. Crazy. So... Al, we're up against the end of the show here, but I did want to uh, make a little time to uh, ask you about a, a lifelong goal that you and your wife have talked about, and I know you're, you're, you're putting the initial steps towards, but you've talked about building a school in Ghana, and uh, why don't you tell me about this and, and where you are in this goal, and how do you think you'll make this a reality? You know, um, in the uh, last segment, you know, I, I spoke briefly about, you know, ways of inf um, infusing both the Ghana um, educational system and the U.S. educational system. You know, the, the, the whole drive and the whole desire for this particular um, project, you know, came um, when um, I was trying to figure out a way to... to um, support underprivileged but extremely intelligent and bright children um, from Ghana. And, you know, so, so trying to figure out a way where you have a child that is exceptionally smart, but he's in poverty and can't afford to go to a good, you know, private, um, private school. You know, the other piece to that or the bigger piece to that um, for me is that it had to be a faith-based school. So um, a Christian school that... Um, that was for underprivileged kids, but also for um, kids with means who also wanted to, to attend. So part of the school um, would be a boarding school, so kids would be able to, or parents would be able to send their kids there for periods of time. Um, and, you know, um, again, you know, the whole mindset of um, giving the children voice, you know, giving kids the ability to be able to show us as the adults how they learn best. I think, you know, those are those are all things that we do here probably naturally, but it's not things that um, are able to be done or it's not things that I see being done there on a more steady basis. So again, just being able to, to, um, to create an environment where children can actually thrive and learn and 
just show us how, you know, they do things best. And sometimes, you know, I know that they'll amaze us. Um, so, you know, right now in the whole process, you know, um, in the process of, of completing the, uh, you know, like this has been a plan that's been in the works for a while. So we have obtained in terms of space, we, you know, we have obtained, you know, some land um, that the school is supposed to be going on. Um, you know, talking about the fellas, I know, you know, one of the fellas, you know, Mr. Fernando Alva is going to be helping me with the actual creation of the business plan, you know, that that's going to go in for the school. So, you know, the, the next step on, on, on that would be the whole idea of, you know, fundraising and, you know, gathering um, some funds to actually get this school up and running. Um, you know, the uh, the... And I think, you know, once that part starts coming into fruition, then that's how, you know, quickly things can be kind of put up over there. So obviously... And you know, Al, let me jump in on that note. If uh, if we have some of our listeners uh, that, you know, might feel they want to make a donation towards that, you know, what would be the best way they could contact you, Al? Uh, you know, would that be by email, either your personal or your school? Which Which would be your best? way for if someone did want to make a donation towards that what would be the best way to do that um i think you know contacting me through my my personal email would be good okay um, do you, you want know, you want to I, give that out here on uh on the air yeah sure 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 um it's uh it's pretty much pastor a so p-a-s-t-o-r-a at hotmail.com and one more okay. time i'll repeat that that is a uh, P as in Paul, A S, T as in Tom, O R A, the number three at hotmail.com. Great. And hopefully one of our listeners uh, is opening their checkbook right now and writing out <laughs> checks for millions uh, for the, for the uh, future school that you're going to uh, uh, build. Al, uh, we are running out of time, so we got to sign off, you and I. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This has been a great conversation, my friend. Uh, I look forward to many more, and I certainly can't wait to see uh, you and your family again. Uh, you're doing great things there at Nathan Hale. They are blessed to have you, Al. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Al, uh, we're going to use the quote uh, you said earlier to end our show. Uh, we like to give a quote here, and that was by Nathan Hale. Al told me, he says, uh, my only regret is that I have one life to lose for my country. And that was Nathan Hale, where Al is the principal at in Norwalk, Connecticut. Al, thanks for being on, my friend. Thank you, Andrew. We'll talk soon. All right. Hearing Al's message today, let's go out and change the world, everyone, for the better. Next week on Education, Leadership, and Beyond is my guest. He made the music you're listening to right now. That's Pete Connors from Shabby Studios in Shahola, Pennsylvania. He'll be up next week here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. See you, Al.